Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to the Evan and Aaron Sports Podcast. Are you ready for it? Now, here is Evan and Aaron. All right, welcome to the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, March 19th, 2021. We're going live at around 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you for joining us. And this is Allen from the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Aaron, unfortunately, couldn't make it tonight. Unfortunately, he had some other prior engagements, but we'll be back next week. But for today, I'm going to be able to have you join in with the discussion, please feel free to call us in live at 516-418-5572. Again, it's 516-418-5572. Got a great lineup for you today. Got a great show. Want to dive right in? We'll go ahead and start off with the NFL. A lot of great things that have happened this week. A lot of big news, big signings. And what we'll do is we'll start with the, the Patriots. The Patriots have actually made a lot of lot of moves this week, which is really surprising because the Patriots usually are not this aggressive during the offseason and signing, but they have been very, very active, and they want to make it back to the playoffs. I got to give the Patriots a lot of credit because what has happened is that they are make, basically making a statement that, hey, We missed the playoffs, and we're not going to miss it again. We're going to come back strong, and we're going to go ahead and make ourselves a contender. And they are speaking speaking into existence because, boy, I tell you, the signings that they have made so far have been really, really good good moves. You know, they've they've helped out their cap situation, too. They were underneath the cap, but, you know, they gave uh, Cam Newton a deal. That was worth up to $13.6 million, and it's 5.1 of it is base. The rest of it is in incentives. So he has a lot of incentive to play well. So nonetheless, because he can make anywhere from $5.1 million up to $13.6 million. So that was last week. But this week, they've signed Nelson Aguilar, a two-year contract worth $26 million. And Nelson Aguilar is a, definitely a very, very good player. He played on on the Eagles for a good period of time, and that's why I first noticed him. And he's a good, really good player. He he can catch a long ball. He's a very good team player as well. That's a very good move. I think he's going to really enjoy working with Bill Belichick, and I think that's going to be a great signing for them. So kudos to them. They also signed wide receiver Kendrick Bourne. The three-year deal worth $22.5 million. And then if that wasn't enough, <laughs> they signed Hunter Henry, a three-year, $37.5 million contract, tight end. And Jono Smith, a four-year, $50 million deal. So I tell you, and there's a whole heap more, but just right off the bat, those moves are going to make them definitely a, a very, very good team. Cam Newton is going to have a lot of good targets to throw to, along with the plays he already has. So I, I look for big things for the, the Patriots. I don't see them 
missing the playoffs for a second year. I know they did miss it this year in 2020. I do not see them missing it in 2021 for sure. And I just think that they have added the right pieces. A lot of the deals that they've made are, are places that they needed help, wide receiver, tight end. You know, you need to, need to have somebody who can catch the ball out there. And they definitely have added some, some depth there. On a defensive side, they've added Dietrich Wise Jr. to a four-year contract worth up to $30 million. $10 million of it is guaranteed. They also got Montrevious Adams so and also Henry Anderson. So they've made a lot of moves already for the Patriots. Definitely wish them a lot of success. For the Bucks, man, uh, they – the Bucks have also made a lot of headway, a lot of moves. What the Bucks have done is they have now acquired Shaquille Barrett to re-sign him. So he's going to be a situation where he got back with the Patriots, uh, back with the Bucks. So definitely he's going to be a, a big move there. They also have went ahead and kept a lot of the band together. They went ahead and got Chris Godwin, Rob Gronkowski signed for a one-year deal, $8 million, worth up to $10 million. And they've also re-signed Levante David. So he got a, a re-sign for a two-year deal worth $25 million. And in addition to that, they have re-signed the kicker, Ryan Sukup. And they, they're going to be a very good team. And that's the thing about is that out of all the teams that are out there, if other teams do not go ahead and do like the Patriots and be very aggressive in the offseason and gather some players, I can see the Bucks really, really running away with next year. The only team that I really see them really having to worry about is the same team they had again last year, the, Pack, the Packers, who did re-sign Adam Jones, which is a big signing for them, for them to keep him, because I really do believe him and Devontae Adams, if you don't have those two guys, the team is not really not going to do that well. But they did keep Adams, which is a big backfield threat, huge backfield threat for the Packers. And and then you're going to have the Kansas City. You know, the Kansas City is going to be what they are. But if you are a team and you don't be aggressive and you're not aggressive in the offseason to add a few more pieces – I being that the Bucks have most of the band already back together. I know that they're still working out deals with Leonard Fournette. He has been approached by other teams, so he is kind of looking into other opportunities. But if I was Leonard Fournette, I would probably do like the other players and take a little less money to stay with the stay with the, the Bucks. You know what you're getting into. You're coming into a team that's already won a championship. You kinda of don't wanna if you can if at all avoid you go into another team, and then the team that you left won the Super Bowl. I imagine that would be a good feeling for anybody. So I hope they go ahead and keep Leonard Fournette. I definitely hope that the talks work out in his favor and he comes here because it seems like the Bucks are breaking up in the bank. So I'm pretty sure they can work something out over there. But the Bucks, kudos to the Bucks. They've they resigned a lot of their core guys that were up for free agency. I was already thinking if they had kept 70% of the people 
considered himself really lucky. They are already, in my opinion, up to about 85, 90%. They've kept a lot of the guys. I kind of knew Rob Gronkowski was going to come back. And, you know, based on what he was saying at the end of the game, he seemed like a pretty straightforward guy. And he said he doesn't see any reason why he wouldn't leave. So he was true to his word. He re-signed, which I wasn't surprised. I really wasn't surprised that Chris Godwin signed also. I really was expecting that the Bucks were going to come over and offer him something. Shaquille Barrett and Levante David, I was a little surprised with those two only because of the fact that I knew that they were going to be approached by a lot of other teams, and that would make it more complicated to re-sign them. I just felt as if, especially with Shaquille Barrett, that other teams are going to be very interested in him, and they were going to break over the bank on other teams, as well as, well as Levante David. But they were able to keep both of them. Tip my hat to the Bucks for doing that. I think the Bucks are going to be a very, very potent team, barring any injury. And they are my favorite to win the Super Bowl again next year because they took a little time to kind of gel together and play together as unit as most new teams would. They didn't have a preseason. You won't have any of that coming next year. There'll be a little bit of uh, ring rust, and they're going to be clicking all signals. Everybody knows everybody. So I expect big things for the Bucks. In other, other moves – all around the league. And one big move that uh, the Bucks probably <laughs> kind of raised their eyes, Jameis Winston did resign for a one-year $5.5 million deal that has a $4.5 million signing bonus. And he also has an incentive late contact, uh, contract which uh, upwards up to $12.5 million incentives. So tip, tip my hat to Jameis Winston for getting resigned. You know, with the with the Saints, which is always a, a great thing. It's a great team. But sometimes in the league, you got to kind of reset yourself and, and learn for a year, sit a year out, and then go back strong. One player that I think is going to benefit for that is Mitchell Trubisky, who uh, is basically, you know, he's he signed a deal to be a backup role. And I think that's going to be a good fit for him because you'll get a chance to learn a system and reinvent yourself. And you could do something like it worked out well for Jameis. He got another contract out of it. We've seen this before, too, in the league. So reinventing yourself, taking a step back to take two or three steps forward is actually not a bad thing. I think uh, that's going to be a great thing for Mitchell Trubisky. He should take a page out of that. But another move that I really, really – wanted to talk about was Dak Prescott. You know, he signed a four-year, $160 million contract, and uh, it includes a max value of $164 million. Kudos to Dak Prescott. And uh, we do have a call in line. Let me go ahead and take that caller right now. Thank you for calling in. Oh, good evening. Thank you. Good evening. How are you doing tonight? All right. I didn't sure the call went through. <laughs> All right. Yes, it did go yeah. through. We so glad that you're yeah. joining us here on Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. How you doing so far tonight? All right. It's been a while since I've been able to track you guys down. <laughs> oh yes, yes. How you been, Lou? I I remember. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you keep it up, well, keep it up on our fans. We love you. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, you, you know, Prescott got Prescott got the deal, but now we just see if he's gonna be worth it. I mean, you know. 
when he got hurt last year, that was the end of Dallas right there. Because, I mean, look who you have for a backup quarterback, Andy Dalton. Bad, bad move right there. I mean, I knew when that was going to happen. That was going to be a Dallas season right there. So let's just hope that now uh, we've got the money. Now it's so we can stay healthy to live up to that. Yeah, no, no, you're right. He got to stay healthy. He, he did get a, a really yeah. bad injury. But, you know, I, I just think it's, it's karma for him in a good way. I really felt as if they should have given him a bigger contract before he got hurt. And I feel like this is karma coming back to him in a positive way that he did get a deal. He gets a chance to stay with the Cowboys. I don't know. I don't think he wanted to leave. What are your no. thoughts on him getting the deal overall? Well, like I said, you know, they get, they get paid all this money and, you know, but they have to prove how good they are to receive because if you're doing a horrible job, I don't think you're worth that kind of money. If you're a top rate quarterback and, you know, perform well, yes. But if you're just, you know, you know, like causing interceptions and losing every game, uh, no, you're not even worth half that. Yeah, the old no, thing is put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, yes, yeah, so you got a great point. You know, you got to play, you got to be productive in the NFL, and it is a performance latent league, and you got to perform. But you know, he he has had his spots. He he hasn't played poorly for the for the Cowboys. He's he's had played well. I mean, but he did expose the fact that. The Cowboys really do need him. I mean, you look at what happened with uh, their running back situation, Ezekiel, and he, you know, Ezekiel always thought he was the man and wanted the ball more, and Ezekiel got his opportunity, and you've seen that the the Cowboys really couldn't do much without Dak. So I no. think this is this is good karma in a way. Dak deserved, in my opinion, a big contract way before he got hurt. I'm glad that he got his return on investment and he's, he's got paid. You know, I didn't think this was going to happen once he got hurt. I definitely didn't think it was going to happen, but he made a rebound and, and because the Cowboys struggled so poorly, I think that played a part into that. What are your thoughts on how do you think the Cowboys will do now that he is signed and now he's coming off injury? How do you think the Cowboys look forward to the 2021 season? Well, let's hope that, you know, that his injuries are, you know, are past them now, and I think if they can stay healthy, I think Dallas can make a serious run here. I mean, but, you know, the whole Eastern Division last year was just absolutely pathetic, and, you know, there's a lot that, you know, the whole the whole division needs to improve on. I mean, that was that division was just a complete joke last season. Yeah, you're right about that. That uh, NFL. That, that, Nobody that, uh, deserved it. Nobody. Yeah, that NFC East was definitely something to – you know, you almost didn't know who was going to make it because it was like the battle of who's going to be the worst team. And it ended up being the team with the the best of the losing record got it. And that's the, the Washington football team. It, it was definitely, definitely the NFC East, that division has really went down. What do you think has happened to the NFC East? I, I wish anybody had an answer for that, but I don't think anybody has one. I mean, yeah. you know, the lack of – well, I mean, it was a, an unusual season, though. I mean, you didn't have the uh, training camp, you didn't have the preseason games. I just think everybody, you know, you know, suffered through it. Yeah, we knew that was going to happen. But the NFC East, I think it just, you know, got hit, hit the hardest. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you know. I mean, there's nothing really to blame from last season. I mean, you know, with the pandemic and whatnot. I mean, everybody was bound to look, you know – 
sluggish and whatnot. And I, of course, we expect that. But you know how how all the other divisions you know managed to get through with you know at least a winning record, winning the division. But the uh, one division couldn't even couldn't even buy itself a winning record. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I it's mean, not the first time it's happened either. Yo, yes, you're right. It's it's been a while since we've seen NFC East this poor. But you're right. It, it has well, happened. Uh, well, division overall, because the last one to do that with the losing record was Seattle. Yeah. Yes. That's right. I mean, they do play in a, in a tough, tough division. But it's just, it's just amazing how, man. I mean, you got some teams in there that should do well. You have the Giants. You have the Cowboys. And it's just, it's amazing how. But I do think in 2021. They're going to do a lot better. You mentioned Mitchell Tavitsky. What do you expect? Um, what do you think about that signing? Yes. Please, really? <laughs> you know, you know, I was mentioning it earlier in the show that sometimes you got to, in a league where you're a quarterback, if things are not going your way, sometimes taking a backup role is a way to reinvent yourself because you take a backup role, you learn, and then you come back and you get a, a pretty nice contract if, you're, if you do your part. And I think that's that's probably the best thing for Mitchell Trubisky at this point. I don't really think Mitchell Trubisky played that poorly in the playoff game. I think the Bears are a team that you cannot really – they don't have – there's a very little margin for error. And I saw a lot of balls that were right on target. The guys just dropped it. Yeah, well, when the game was on the line, you can't be dropping that many. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, you got to help out your quarterback. And that's the thing about the Bears. They don't really have – Besides Mr. Allen Robinson, they don't really have much depth out there. And if you drop too many balls, the the Bears don't have a lot of talent that's all over the field where no. they can make up for it. So I think Mitchell Trubisky isn't maybe the greatest quarterback in the league, but I don't think he's as bad as what people make him out the scene. I watched him play that playoff game, and he actually played pretty good. Had those guys make right. a couple of passes, catch the ball, they would have helped them out a lot. Oh, definitely, because this didn't, because, well, this didn't. Yeah, they just didn't do it. They just didn't do it. But definitely, uh, we appreciate you giving us a call in tonight, Lou, and hopefully we can hear from you again in the future. We always appreciate you joining the Allen and Aaron Sports. Well, uh, if you can't wait that long, you can always call into my show. Okay, yes, yes. What's the number? Yes, uh, all right. It's called it's it's called the AMC East is a disaster. Uh, the number is five one, aka the Enhanced Sports Show. The number to call is five one two five four three four six six two. Five one two five four three four six six two. We're on. Well, I'm on uh, tomorrow between five and seven p.m. And of course, we'll be handling all the NCAA tournament games as well as maybe the NIT. Unfortunately. Uh, we'll 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 go down with the uh, free agent frenzy in the NFL, including Dak's uh, 160 gazillion dollar deal. Uh, <laughs> NBA with the trade deadline coming up, which is uh, next uh, Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, right? Okay. Yep, that's right. Yeah, next Thursday, one day before my 51st birthday. Oops. So we got <laughs> a lot. So we have a lot to cover. So if you got time between five and seven tomorrow, that's East Coast time, by the way. Uh, feel free to give a call. All right. Sounds great, Lou. So listen to Lou, 5 to 7 tomorrow, Eastern Standard Time. I appreciate you giving us a call in today. You can also look me up. 
You can also be an Uber and go into a section for past conferences. You can hear uh, shows from uh, previous from previous weeks. All right. Thank you. All right. Appreciate you. Thanks for calling. All right. That was my man, Lou. Thank you so much for giving us a call in today. You never know what can happen here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We really appreciate when you guys call in, give us your thoughts, your feedback, whether you agree with us or disagree. We don't, we don't uh, have any hard feelings whether you disagree with us. So definitely feel free to give us a call in at 516-418-5572. And it's 516-418-5572. We're here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. So I talked about the NFL signings. And we're going to go ahead and move forward now and talk a little bit about the NBA. You know, first and foremost, I, I really have to really say LeBron James is doing his thing in the NBA right now. And he's doing, you know, if if you ever thought <laughs> that LeBron James, you haven't heard enough of him, he always has something else in the box to pull out. I mean, LeBron James is playing lights out this year. Barring any changes or any injuries, he's definitely the front runner to get the MVP. I really hope he does steal a deal and gets another MVP, which would add another one, which will make him – he has four now. Getting another would make it five. And he's really making a harder and harder argument for people who are saying that Jordan is, is the GOAT. I was thinking a few years ago that that, that was not even in the discussion – but he has closed the gap. Whether you love LeBron or you love him or loathe him, you can't deny the guy's had a tremendous career. And and in my opinion, he's really closing that gap between him and MJ. Yes, MJ is is perfection, but when you look at LeBron's career in its totality with the amount of times he's been to the finals, the different teams that he's been on the finals with, the, the championships that he has had, what is the common denominator? It's LeBron James. I mean, he's on his way. He's, you know, barring injuries, he should, you know, hopefully I hope he does get another MVP to make it five. And he said it's not bothering him that much that he doesn't have more than five, uh, more than four, I'm sorry, working on number five. But I would have to agree with him. I think the league just wanted to, the year that he didn't get it, kind of wanted to kind of give it to someone else. I've been in that situation being a top performer and, and a Fortune 500 company, so I know the feeling of that you probably deserve something, but to make it so that other people in the masses are happy, they give it to someone else. So I've, I've been on that other side. It kind of stinks when you feel as if you deserve something and someone else gets it, but it is the way it is. That's corporate America sometimes for you, whether you love it or Love it or, or hate it. But LeBron James, kudos to him. The big news that he has made this week is a couple things. Number one, he is now the co-owner. Imagine that, the co-owner of the Boston Red Sox. I mean, that, that's just kudos to him for that. I mean, that is just, that's great to do. <laughs> Yes, LeBron James is now a co-owner of the Boston Red Sox. And I, it kind of surprised me because I know he's, he loves his Cleveland Indians. 
I've seen him there at the, the games before celebrating him. I, if I had my choice, I wish he would have gotten part ownership of the Cleveland Indians just because the Red Sox are my rival with me being a Yankee fan. So, but, you know, you cannot deny the Red Sox success. They are a mega, mega organization. You know, even during the pandemic, they they find a way to to get their name out there. They're, you know, definitely with Dustin Pedroia and all the guys they have, they're going to basically do it even bigger now that you're going to have LeBron James supporting the team. So congratulations to LeBron James for being part owner of the Boston Red Sox. I know he's going to definitely help out the league. I can't wait to get LeBron James on a show so that we could talk about his new business venture, being a venture capitalist that he is. And another thing that LeBron James has done is, wow, just the other night, my kids were watching Space Jam. And, you know, I want to talk about, unpack that a little bit, but he is now, Space Jam is going to be coming out really, really soon, Space Jam starring LeBron James and you know Michael Jordan did a great job in Space Jam 1 my kids love the movie and you know the, the, the nice thing about Space Jam is that it's one of those movies that you can watch at any time and it was the first time that uh, that I watched it for, for many many years kids uh, it brought back so many memories but Michael Jordan did such a such a great job and I know LeBron James is going to do a great job at his. I can't wait to see it later this year. It's due to come out during the summer. But uh, one somber note, I did want to send my prayers and my prayers and well wishes to is Sean Bradley. Face Jam, he was actually, ironically, I was just watching the last few days, and my kids watched it back-to-back nights. And then I saw on Facebook that Sean Bradley was in a bad accident with a bicycle, which has caused him to be paralyzed. And he made a statement confirming it. And I, it's just a bad uh, bicycle accident in Utah. I really, really sad news, but I really hope and pray for the, for Sean Bradley. He's one of the stars in Space Jam. You know, he's a tall, just in case you, you don't remember, he's a, the tallest guy, 7.6 guy in that cast. And and uh, he did have this accident. You know, it's 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 scary because that's one of the reasons why being here in Florida, I don't usually like to ride my own bicycle because of that. You know, because I have a bicycle here, and even riding on the sidewalk with his cars, I get a little nervous because all someone has to do is bear off and hit me with it. And I hate to say it, but some of the drivers here in Florida are a little suspect. So I could definitely see something like that, unfortunately, happening. Many prayers to Sean Bradley. I hope a a speedy recovery for him. So I definitely want to give him a shout out. But what we're going to do now is uh, shift gears from the NBA and talk a little golf. Yes, talk a little golf. You know, I'm a golfer. And later in the show, I'm going to give you a – where I'm going to be at and and playing at. But I did want to talk a little bit of golf. <laughs> you know, kudos to my, my friend uh, Bryson DeChambeau. I know he had a tough loss 
and, you know, he lost my only two strokes. He, what ended up happening, what ended up being the shot that really hurt him was when he hit a drive, he topped it, and he hit it about 96 yards. For those who are not familiar with golf, he basically hit the top of it. He didn't hit the ball solid. And Bryce could hit a, a drive 370 yards plus. He hit this one about 90, 90 yards. So just goes to show you how bad he missed it. That shot actually ended up rolling into the water. So it was, uh, ended up being a penalty shot on top of it. It's one thing if you just hit a a 96 or 90 yard shot and then you hit your three wood and you hit it down a fairway or you you even hit it with a driver depending on who you are and you make up for that shot. But it's a water shot, a penalty nonetheless. And him losing that that contest and I, I seen a lot of people hating on him. And other golfers saying, aha, you know, it's funny that you hit one, you muff one, I do that all the time, yada, ha, ha, ha. You know what? You're pro- if you're a professional golfer or you're an amateur golfer or a weekend golfer, bad shots happen. Even the best of golfers, I've even seen, you know, as great as he is, the GOAT, Tiger Woods hits a bad shots. But one thing I've, I've noticed, playing golf myself, it's a hard sport. You know, you got to basically hit a ball and get it 400 yards in most cases, sometimes even more than that, into a hole. And you only have – you have to do it as few strokes as possible. Usually that's in a maximum of four, and in most cases that is. But it is a hard sport. I've topped a lot of drives too, so I'm not one to laugh at him or poke fun at him. I understand that these things happen in golf, and I just think – I just hope that some of the haters would kind of, all right, yes, he hit a bad shot, but you know what? He's a professional golfer. He's allowed to hit a bad shot, and those things happen. Even if you are a pro, you're going to hit a ball. It might fall in the water. I mean, we saw even the week before the TPC how many guys hit the ball in the water on that 17th hole. The 17th hole in TPC is only 128 yards. It's a very short shot. But it shows you you have to use your skill because you have to hit the ball 128 yards and you can't hit it too high because that green looked like it's very hard. You bounce it off there and you go into the water. I try to see how much it is to play a TPC golf and you could check it yourself. Maybe they have a special throughout the year, but it's, it's 600 bills, $600 to play a, a round of golf. That is by far more expensive than any game of golf I have ever played, you know, but I'm not a professional. I love to play golf. I enjoy the sport a lot tremendously. I try to get better, but I'm not at the skill set where I can pay even play on that level. I'm not going to pay $600. It just doesn't justify the cost of me right now, but that's, that's uh, being a pro pro golfer is that understand that bad shots happen. One of the things that I will say to my listening audience that I want to, teach you about golf is you never want to hit two poor shots in a row. If you do hit a poor shot, you don't want to get too low and you never want to get too high if you hit a great shot either. But what I've learned about golf is you want to be able to not hit two poor shots in a row. If you hit a poor shot, then try to rebound with a very good shot and you'll be fine. But if you hit a poor shot, then you bounce it off with another poor shot that's when you can really get the double and triple bogeys real quick. So that's my uh, golfing advice is don't hit two poor shots in a row. If you have any advice, 
for me with golf or any other sport, please leave it in the comment section on our Facebook page. I would love to hear it. I love to discuss with you golf. And uh, kudos to the golf channel. They gave me, hey, I'm going to mention this. <laughs> they gave me top fan top <laughs> because of my comments. So I appreciate the golf channel. You get a shout out on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show for giving me the golf top fan on the golf channel. I had the top fan also on another another website, which I'll talk to you in a moment about when we get to that topic. <laughs> but I am a top fan on the golf channel. And because of that, I've let you know, don't hit two, four shots in a row. Bad shots do happen in golf. And another thing that I want to say about golf that really I, I want to say this because I brought this up too. Somebody asked a question, which is a very, very good question. If there was one thing that you could change about golf, you know, and make it more fun for you, what would it be? And the one thing that I commented on and I said is that I wish that if a ball was either in, you know, on the, the edge of the water where you could see it or a foot away from the water or even two feet away from the water, I said I would like it if golf would institute the rule that if a ball is by the water, the edge of the water, that you're allowed to move the ball, if it's playable, that is, move the ball up to six or seven feet with a free drop. And the reason why I said that is because, I'm, I'm for one, it's a safety hazard. Guys going into the lake to hit a ball here in Florida, rolling up their, their, their pants, wrote this shirt, to me is, is a hazard because there's a lot of gators here in Florida, and that's not a joke. You got murky waters here. You don't know where the gators are. You're going in water. You're hitting a shot. You don't know what can happen. I mean, hey, ask Chubbs, <laughs> Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. Things can happen when you go in the water, and you can't see that well. The water is murky, as I mentioned. But that's, a, that's the one thing I wish they would change, is that if you hit a ball and it's playable in the water, you are allowed to move the ball six to seven feet with a free drop without a penalty shot because it's dangerous. Even myself, when I play golf, even if a ball is two feet away from the water, I don't like to play it two feet away from the water. I mean, I'm not a pro, but I'll tell the guys, hey, I'm going to take a free drop, move it over. You know, I'm not advancing the ball. I'm just moving it over from the grass a bit more. So even if we're on a level playing field, I got a good lie, I still don't like to hit it by the water because especially being on a righty, my back is to the water. If a gator does come up, that's the last thing I need. You know, I'm not trying to lose a limb for a ball. And I just, I just, I even watched it this week on Facebook where you saw guys rolling up their pants, taking up their shirt. I mean, come on, man, this is golf. You have a code of ethics etiquette and I, I just don't like it you know now guys are like to me i'm getting an impression like guys who stay fit you know they stay in the gym they're a gym rat and they hit a ball in the water or near the edge of the water they're looking for that opportunity to show up their guns and show up their 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 physique so they can hit a ball in the water to only hit the ball 10 10 10 yards it's still a bad shot anyway you might as well have taken a drop to begin with i see the guy who i won't mention here, but I see the guy who rolled up his, his sleeves, his uh, pants, his pants, and rolled up his shirt <laughs> all the way up 
took his pants off and got into his trousers and hit a shot to only hit it about five yards. I'm like, and you are down by like nine shots. You are not going to win the tournament anyway. Why not just take a drop? To me, I just think that golf needs to reevaluate that for more reasons than one about the water play. If a ball is playable and it's in the water, maybe you should allow a guy to drop it up to six feet away from the water, not advance it again, but to make it more safe and make it so guys don't have to get in the water and do all that junk. I mean, to me, that's just, that's just my thoughts. It's, it, it's not a good look. That's just my thoughts on golf. Speaking about golf, I want to give a shout-out to Herbert Dixon, 101-year-old Hall of Famer and the Black Hall of Fame, too. Tomorrow at 8.30, I am teeing off in Bartow, so you can catch me at the Bartow Golf Course at 8.30 in the morning. You'll get a chance to meet me, Herbert Dixon, Hall of Famer. It's a scramble play. It's a good cause for his foundation and to help out the kids. That's what it's for. I'll be there tomorrow at 9.30. I'm sorry, at 8.30 to tee off. I'll probably be there early, get my practice swings in. But tomorrow, uh, Herbert Dixon, kudos to you for still running this event to help out the kids, even at his age. It's, it just goes to show you, it's just mind-boggling. That you could be 101 years old, play golf. I'm so honored that I get a chance to play in his, his event, his tournament. This happens once a year, and I will be there tomorrow. Mask, of course. I'll be wearing a mask. and There'll be, I imagine, upwards of close to 100 guys there. But you know what? Stay, stay within uh, six feet of people. Wear your mask and be safe out there. I'm looking for a great time. And looking to hit some great shots. And I rest assured you, if I hit a ball that's a foot away from the water, I will be moving that ball. I don't care what anyone says. And, I'm, you know, penalty shot or not, I'm not hitting the ball by the water. Having said that, you see me tomorrow, 830, Bartow Golf Course. You'll see me with Herbert Dixon playing a game of golf. I want to get into a little boxing here. I want to get into some boxing news. And... Want to break in some news for you? Yeah, we're going to talk boxing. I'm the boxing exponato here. <laughs> I'm the boxing specialist on the Allen and Aaron Sports and Radio Show. So I will let you know that Antonio Tarver has a fight coming up in April. And he's getting in shape, getting fit. We'd love to get a chance to have Antonio Tarver on the show again. We was able to get him on an interview that he did when he was just starting out with Signature Punch. And that interview, I'm going to post it up here too. I did post that. We did do the interview, but I wanted to kind of give you that information that Antonio Tarver is going to have a a fight coming up in April. It will be pay-per-view at a modest cost, but I'm going to be supporting that event. I'll be giving you news as it comes in. I'm wishing a lot of success. You know, he had uh, Chad Ochocinco stop by, work out at his gym with him. So that's uh, <laughs> definitely entertainment right there. So best wishes to Antonio Tarver's upcoming boxing fight. We also I wanted to announce to you that the Allen and Aaron Sportsbook Radio Show 
will be supporting the Harold Calderon fight that's scheduled June 19th, June 19th in Miami. I fully intend to be at that event, conducting some interviews from a lot of the contenders that are going to be in there, a lot of the fighters. I definitely also going to do my best to cover the event for the entire weekend of Friday and Saturday, Friday being the weigh-in and Saturday being the fight. So that's the great thing about the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show is that we love to uh, give these public appearances when they're available and we can make them. This one's actually going to be in Miami, so I'm going to take a little day trip. And uh, we make a weekend out of it. So get those, uh, get the info at Signature Punch Training Center. June 19th, Harold Calderon, he's going to be doing another fight. He was victorious in his last fight. And I, I definitely want to thank Signature Punch Training Center for everything that they've done for the Allen and Arrow Sports Radio Show. We do uh, shows there live at the, the Boxing Arena using their media center, GLH Media is the media company that helps support and helps with making sure the sound is right, making sure the video is right. You can see a lot of those videos here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show on our Facebook page, you know, that we've done live events there. We've had some of, some of the beautiful girls interview from there. You can all see that there. But it is something that I enjoy doing. So I want to thank Signature Punch. So June 19th, expect us to cover that event in Miami, the Harold Calderon event. Big things there. And in boxing, I, I just hope that I did want to mention that I did send out a couple of messages to both Terrence as Terrence Crawford as well as Errol Spence regarding fighting one of our interviewees that came on the show was so kind enough and we appreciate him. That's Keith Thurman. I did want to mention that I did try to get a response from Errol Spence as well as Terrence Crawford to, to hear what Keith Thurman had to say about his potential of fighting either one of them. I just wanted to get my thoughts on that. I, I just want to say that, you know what, Errol Spence, why don't you fight Keith Thurman? I mean, you know, you, it's, for me, it's like, okay, you don't want to fight Keith but you don't want to fight Terrence Crawford either. Like, okay, make a decision. Fight someone. What are you going to do? Are you going to sit with a perfect record and not fight anybody? I mean, come on. Make a decision of fighting somebody. Okay, you don't want to fight Keith Thurman because you feel as if your belt are at stake and he doesn't have a belt now. Okay, that's fair. What about Terrence Crawford? He's got plenty of belts. Fight him instead. I mean, that's that, that's the frustrating thing about boxing sometimes, that the best don't fight the best all the time. Terrence Crawford and doesn't want to fight this guy because of that. I just find it, it, it sometimes is just one of those things that gets real frustrating. Pick someone to fight. If you're not going to fight Keith Thurman, fight somebody. And I, I don't want to see you fight Ugas, having said that, because Ugas is not on your level. To me, the people that you should be considering fighting is Keith Thurman, Terrence Crawford. I don't want to see you fight Danny Garcia. I really showed that you could dominate. Fight someone else then. If you're not going to fight Keith Thurman, please fight somebody else. But look at what Keith Thurman had to say 
You can see the interview on our radio. You can see it right here on our Facebook page. You'll get a chance to hear exactly what the man had to say. I'll let you hear for yourself. And if you want to discuss coming on the show, please feel free to reach out to us. We would love to have you on the show here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Hook Radio Show. But um, I wanted to thank all of our listeners. I wanted to thank Lou for calling in. And I want to thank you, the fans, for listening and supporting the Allen and Aaron Sports Hook Radio Show. It's always a pleasure to do this show on behalf of Aaron, who could not unfortunately make it. Thank you for listening. God bless. We're going to have some great contact and great shows to come. And this is just only getting started. Thank you for listening to the Sports Talk Radio Show.